What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 121 of the Tatiana Harness podcast. Today, I'm going to be going over my experience on the Nike Girls EYBL circuit. Uh, I just played in the session one out in Hampton, Virginia this past weekend. And oh my goodness, what a blast it was. And so I'm going to go over that. I'm going to have Pops. He's going to come in here in a little bit, and he's going to ask me some questions about it. I have no clue what the questions are, so that'll be fun. But I just want to start off with that with you guys. Also, it's hard finding enough time in the day because we all know 24 hours is not enough time um, to be updating you guys with everything going on and making podcasts. So I want to make sure today's a great one for you guys. So let's go ahead and get into it. So uh, session one was a three-day three tournament, and it was insane going against the best of the best out here in the country. And I just think that, first off, Virginia, I have not been there. I had not been there yet. And what a green state it is. I was not expecting it to be that green and so much water, too. I know they get a lot of rain out there, in which we got um, dumped on. We got poured on for about two and a half, three hours out there. Um, But I know they get a lot of rain, but it feels like you're out in the middle of a forest almost anywhere you go, including the gym we were playing at. I was able to experience playing in the Boo Williams Sports Complex. And first off, that thing, that sports complex is huge. And it was just filled. I know that there was like two separate sides to it. So there was four courts on one side, which I considered it like the left side, which is where like um, all the college coaches were just stacked up and filled in the rows. And then on the other side of the sports complex, there was kind of like then the lobby area. You could get your T-shirts. And then on the other side, uh, which I considered the right side, there was another four courts, which was um, pretty cool also. So I think the Boo Williams... Oh, and then I also, um, on the second and third day that I was out there, we played at the Hampton Convention Center. I'm pretty sure is what it was. I know it was a convention center, and it was huge. It had, I think, like 12 courts in there. So um, it was pretty cool. I always feel like playing in convention centers is really neat because it's like something to do with the town or city that you're in. And then obviously just a bunch of courts laid out everywhere. So I found that pretty neat. Um, and then also the hotel we stayed in was really nice. We all, all the players, we stayed in, um, hotel rooms together. So it was really good team bonding and everything. And then, man, I ate some really good food out there. Also, I had, uh, like a four cheese pizza, which was really good. And then I also, oh my gosh, I had a fried tilapia sandwich and I had never had that before. I wanted to try something new, which shout out to my coach because she wanted seafood and I decided I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try some seafood also. So it actually was really good. I would definitely get that again. And then we had to get crumble cookies when we were out there in my room. We got um, a box of four cookies, which those were really good. We didn't even finish them before we left either, which was crazy. And then I also got a pulled pork barbecue sandwich which with mac and cheese, and that was amazing. Maybe one of the best pulled pork sandwiches I've had. So ate really good out there. I would say that for sure. 
Um, from the playing aspect of things, I think it was just so neat playing in front of college coaches and also against the best in the country um, in my age. So I feel like that was a really neat experience. From the team's perspective overall, we definitely learned a lot about each other and the way we play and everything and um, just competing out there. For myself, I definitely learned a lot on what I can and can't do, what I need to improve on, and what I did well at. And so I think that coming home and being home now, having the time, well, a little bit of time before my next tournament, to be able to work on those things and just be better is huge. So I'm really excited for session two, which is actually out here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I know that will be pretty exciting. So if you're local, make sure you come out and see that. I know Nike Girls UIBL is awesome and just filled with a bunch of talent on all sorts of levels. So my experience was definitely a 10 out of 10 on the first on um, for the first session. And I wouldn't I think it was just amazing. So Pops, I would like you to come in now. First off, do you want to say hi to everybody? I know it's been a little bit. It's been a minute. Probably, what, about 40, 40 episodes ago? Maybe. It feels like a long time. Um, but, again, it, uh, Pops is going to be asking me a couple questions about the circuit in general, the way I was playing, I think, is what we talked about beforehand. Um, and I have no idea what these questions are, so it should be fun. Off the spot. <laughs> you want to get started? Yeah, sure. I'm You're obviously anymore. pretty excited, right? So I see we're about five minutes in. I feel like uh, you've said a lot in those five minutes. I know. The whole trip was just amazing. There's so much to say about it. Oh, and real fast before we get started, um, we the team and I, we also did an escape room too, which was hilarious. We did that um, day two, and that was hilarious. There was like eight, there was seven uh, seven or eight of us in one little room trying to figure it out. And we escaped actually with like 10 minutes to go. We had an hour to figure it out. So that was a lot of fun also. Um, some really late nights. The time difference was interesting also going, um, being three hours ahead in the Eastern time. So we ended up having an 8 a.m. game on the third day. So I felt like we were playing at 5 a.m., which was uh, kind of funny, honestly. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. So, go Man, ahead, Pops. You good? Well, how, what kind of coffee did you drink this morning? <laughs> yeah, I don't drink coffee, but a lot of energy. Day got started early today with some business calls. Yeah, it did. I, I, give, uh, I give you credit. I give your younger sister a lot of credit. You guys have been at it uh, since, well, actually before the sun even came up. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, you're talking about your EYBL experience. For, I would say, 90% of the listeners... They actually don't even know what EYBL means. Mm -hmm. Can you give a, uh, a an explanation of exactly what Nike EYBL is? Yeah. And the purpose of it. Yeah. So Nike EYBL, it's a basketball circuit. And so if you're in middle school, you could think of like made hoops also. That's a really good comparison, except it's just Nike and at a higher level in high school. Um, but... Nike EYBL, um, there's three stops is what it's considered, which in each stop you play about five to six games in within a span of three days. So this last weekend, obviously the first stop was in Virginia. My team played five games total. 
Um, and the purpose for the circuit is really just to be seen. It's the highest level of competition you can play against. Um, and also on the Nike EYBL circuit, there's only 32 teams in the country that are sponsored and are able to be on this circuit. So, and it's invite only. Um, you have to be invited by Nike to be able to play on it. And so, um, being on the... Being on the Nike circuit, I mean, you have to be really good. And I think, uh, what was the other thing? I lost my train of thought. All right. Um, I mean, I think if, if it comes back to you, it. let me know. Um, and then for these three stops, um, what, I mean, obviously the point too would be college coaches. So it's like mm-hmm. a viewing period event. Yes. You want to talk about the viewing part. period event? Yeah, so viewing period event, um, college coaches can only watch you uh, during or talk to you in certain times. Um, certain times of the day, certain cer- times of the year. <laughs> certain uh, live periods, meaning like certain days throughout the month. Um, certain. Um, so there's a there's 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 a few less than ten um, viewing period time periods, which is a period of time in which. College coaches can watch you play and actually talk with you. So the whole point of Nike EYBL in and there's other shoe companies as well, Adidas and Under Armour that have their own circuits. And it gives college coaches and the ability to come and watch you play and speak with you directly. So again, there's only a, a, a certain amount of those per year. Again, it's less than 10 is the best, most average descriptive way that I could give it to you guys. So with that said, my question to you, Tati, is is there is there any – first off, do you notice the college coaches? Because it seems like that's a lot of pressure. Do you notice them when they're sitting courtside or not? I definitely notice them. It's really hard to miss because they all have their certain sections on the baselines on each end of the court. So yes, I do notice them, but when I'm playing in the games, I just do my best to focus on myself and not worry about that till after the game. Okay, because as a parent and as a coach, I I would say like, right, I want my players to always be focused on the game, right? Mm-hmm. And it's still a ball, it's still a court, it's still the same measurements. Why are you even noticing the coaches? Right. I notice them before and after the games just because they're there, but... During the game, I'm really just focused on myself, my team, and winning the game. Okay. And then a follow-up question is, does your game change based on the fact that college coaches are able to watch you live? No, definitely not. <laughs> All right. Whew, man, that was kind of a trick question. I, was... <laughs> I know. With Poss being a coach, he was probably hoping for a no right there. <laughs> uh, I wasn't just hoping. I was expecting. But either way, I mean, I hope everyone listening can respect the fact that we're going to ask tough questions, and, or I should say questions, and then it, depending on the answers, not be afraid to throw out a tough reply. Um, I know that's what Tati would always want. So um, <laughs> is it hard? So you said you flew across the country. Uh, most, well, I don't know how you would, but most don't realize that Tati actually flew away from her family. Uh, so there was no one in her immediate family that was with <laughs> her. Was that hard for you? Uh, I would say, yeah, it actually was hard. I did not mention that to you guys at the beginning. Um, I didn't have my sisters or my parents there with me. So 
it was definitely different because we always travel together. We're like a pack of five um, that always goes together everywhere. Um, so when one of us travels and not everybody's there, it's definitely different because we're used to always being together. Um, for me, I feel like it was it was really exciting because, I mean, I was able to be on my own, but at the same time, like, I miss my family as well. So what was the exact thing that you asked again? No, um, I think you've done a good job answering it. My, yeah. my next follow-up would be, you know, considering that was one of the first times away from your immediate family, was there any extra pressure because you were completely on the other side of the United States of America? <laughs> well, first off, it's definitely the furthest I've been from my immediate family with nobody being there. Um, mm. But I think um, there was oh, just a little bit of extra pressure just because I'm on my own. But at the same time, not really because I was always with like one of my teammates also or coaches. Um, but at the same time, I think it was awesome because I was able to like um, show my parents and family, like, whatever that they've taught me to be able to, like, watch my surroundings, I was able to go out there and do also. So it was also a form of showing, like, how responsible I am. <laughs> and I know all of you that know Tati personally knows that uh, she's pretty responsible. So from my end, as her father, uh, I had no concerns about anything that related. <laughs> all my concerns are on court. So, yeah. um, you know, good job to you because I know that maybe others – uh, might have been more apt to, you know, have a little bit, we'll just call it more fun. But mm -hmm. um, so when you travel like that, um, and that's obviously what the rest of your summer is going to look like this year, yeah. is it is it is it more fun based? Is it more like business mm -hmm. related? Like, can you kind of break like give a ratio of that in your eyes? Yeah, it's definitely business slash basketball first and then fun second. Um, obviously the only reason that we're going, that I'm traveling is for the basketball. So that is, uh, what I think about when I'm out there. It's like basketball first, then fun, like play the game first, be in the mindset and then, uh, fun afterwards. And so I think, uh, for the ratio, if on like, um, a ratio, I mean, I would just say basketball one and then, uh, <laughs> fun second. So I think, um, Definitely business is number one, in my opinion. Okay, very good. So then my next question, right, would be, and this is going to be another tough one. What's more important, for your team to win or for you to play really well individually? Okay, uh, definitely to win because everyone loves winners. Um, and so... I think winning the game is definitely number one and then whatever I can do to contribute to the win um, and play my part and whatever I can do to make the team win, basically. The better that you play then and the better that you lead, um, the more likely your team is to have a chance to win? Yeah, exactly. I like that. Do you ever feel like that line, if we're drawing a line, like do you ever feel like sometimes for – in your experience, because you played a lot of basketball, um, do you feel like that line ever gets crossed for a lot of people? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. The line definitely gets crossed, and you could see it um, sometimes. I didn't really see it on the Nike YBL circuit because all these teams have played together for so long. But I see it sometimes in local competition when I'm playing here at home that it's uh, – some people think it's a game of, like, one-on-one, -on -one, and then, like, one-on-five is what it ends up being. Um, so 
the line can definitely get crossed at times, and so we just all have to remember, I mean, if we're trying to win the game, you have to do what's best to win the game. So, so this isn't like a regular all-star game in your local YMCA. This Because <laughs> if you're playing one-on-five at the Nike YBL, then... You, there's no chance of winning the game, that's yeah, for sure. Fair enough. All right. Again, I'm just trying to set the the image for, for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, with all the travel, while you're still technically in school... Is it hard for you as a student athlete to balance both school and travel? Um, honestly, not really, because in the time period that I was home and I wasn't okay, I should say this before spring started, um, I was already ahead on school. And right now I literally have one more test and I'm completely done with school. So school doesn't technically end for another month. Um, and so I think just the time period at home, uh, being online really helped me this year. Um, but in the time period being at home, I realized that now is the time I like, I have to finish all my school now. That way when it's time to play basketball, I don't have to think, oh no, I missed a test. Like I have to catch up on that. So I think, um, being at home and being able to go ahead and finish classes early has definitely helped me. And so um in that case no because uh, being a student athlete hasn't had to or I'm sorry being a student hasn't conflicted with the athlete part of things since I focused on that for a really long time before traveling started okay that's good so do you feel like basketball and specifically higher level AAU basketball has made you more responsible as a person yes it really has because First off, it um, teaches you that you have to know like times and everything and schedules. And I think that's something I'm always like uh, really aware about is like the time frames of things. Um, and then also being organized. Everybody that really knows me knows I have to be organized with everything. So like not forgetting game shoes or forgetting a jersey like that also translates into life like you can't forget things and you have to be organized. So uh, planning trainings ahead of time as well. So that goes back into AU. Um, and then also just like staying active. I think I'm super active. So what if you had your dream teammate? What characteristics would they possess? Mm, oh, that's a really good question. I would definitely say trust is uh, one thing um, because if you have like trust in your teammates, then you're really able to play well. Also, uh, communication and talking because um, some teammates that I've had in the past, uh, some teammates that I have had are quiet, which is sometimes hard to play with those because you never, you can't tell what they're thinking sometimes. Um, so trust, uh, communication, and just being open-minded would be the other word, open-minded. Sounds like attributes I look for in your, with your mom. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and, and so, what you look for in your players, too. Absolutely, and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard. I guess that's why it's called life. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, so with being on EYBL, do your teammates, are they more... Are they more like a certain way than another, or is it kind of similar to, let's just call it regular or local AAU? Like, are your teammates easier? How about this? Your teammates, are they easier or more difficult to deal with than, say, a normal situation? Since this hmm. is such a higher, such a high level of basketball, supposedly. Yeah. Um, 
That's a tough question, but I would say that it's uh, with majority of the girls that I'm playing with right now on the UIBL circuit, I would say it's easier um, because everybody knows how to play the game. Everybody's like really smart and everything and understand the level we're playing at. And so they're more open-minded to uh, like listening to like coach and everything and like understanding plays and getting it down or um like recognizing situations that's what i was thinking of recognizing situations in the game throughout the game of a team because at this level like teams switch defensives like four times a game we played against like a man zone press like in every single game um from the same team that kept switching it up so being able to recognize situations uh definitely makes it easier to also play with teammates and i think that's something that with the team i'm playing on on the eybl circuit that's something that we are uh, smart and good at. So gotcha. I would say easier. Gotcha. All right. Because I was going to ask, what's the difference? Uh, again, I know, but for <laughs> those that are listening, what makes like, because we mentioned Nike uh, with the EYBL, Adidas has one, mm-hmm. um, and Under Armour has yeah. one. Um, so if you added up all those teams, right? I know Tati mentioned that Nike has 32 of them. Um, and they're called, I'll just call them shoe teams. That's what we know yeah. them at. What makes shoe teams, and you kind of sort of just kind of answered it in your last question, but what makes shoe teams different than your local uh, AAU team? Yeah, everybody at this stage and everybody, almost everybody on these teams um, is a good player and all know how to play the game. So I think um, recognizing the game, like I had said before, um, some of these teams also have been together for a really long time. So also like uh, I would just say working together is also a big thing. Um, But just the fact that every individual um, person is good at the game of basketball and then it just comes down to playing together and... um, communication and trust i would say is the biggest things instead of like local competition being one against five it has to be five on five on in the shoe circuits i should say all right next question what advice would you give um a young lady 14 15 years old um played some AAU games, wants to try out and go to a, a shoe team. Um, try out to play on a national level. On a national level. So currently the young lady is just pretty good at the local level. Mm-hmm. And how? What, what advice would you give them? Uh, well... It's definitely, if you have a weakness, you definitely need to work on it um, because that's something that I learned from this weekend as well. If you have a weakness, you definitely need to work on it and improve. Uh, the game on, on at the national level is played faster and more physical as well. So that's definitely something you need, be, need to be prepared for. But um, going from local competition to a circuit or national level is completely different. It's a way different game. Um, you have to be able to knock down shots. You have to be able to shoot really well. If you can't shoot really well, you have to be able to drive to the basket. It's one or the other. Um, also, defensively is defense is a big thing as well. Um, teams play extremely physical, and everybody at this stage is tall and lengthy as well. So 
something new to be aware of but also like advice from myself I would just say like keep going keep pushing I know that this has always um, been one of like my smaller goals as well as to get to where I'm at right now so just being able to know that like I'm proud of myself for that um, but there's always ups and downs in the journey um, I know Pops you've experienced some ups and downs with me <laughs> um, but it, uh, just keeping keeping keep on going keep pushing um, and just try and be as good as you can be. No, that's great. Um, I again, I can say that by asking you these questions on this podcast, it is it it is about the information. It is it is about trying to help others that again are at a similar age uh, or you know, or think they're gonna try to push themselves on this a similar path that you're currently on. Um, you, your younger sister, and again. Uh, we all know what it was like when I say we all, it's just Tati and I right now. But uh, when we were first started this journey to, to try to figure it out to where, to where we are now, honestly, that's just through time and experiences. Uh, a lot of great, a lot of success, uh, some mistakes, um, some things that we wish we could do over. Uh, but either way, we are an open book. And I know that in the grand scheme of things, there's not very many families that are like that that are so willing to give information to put themselves out there uh, on social media. So for that, I know that I'm personally proud. Uh, Again, for anyone listening, my personal advice would be simply to, uh, and I give this advice to someone who coaches, who's directed, um, who's a parent, who is blessed to have relationships with uh, evaluators and other uh, tournament directors, uh, program directors, would simply just know, like, don't skip steps, you know? So if you're playing, if you're just starting playing rec ball, great, fantastic. Do as, you know, give it everything you got. And if you happen to be really, really, have a lot, a lot of success um, at the rec level, great. Try out for your local AAU team. Awesome. Now you're crushing it on your local AAU level, your local AAU team, great. Play two years up if you're a female at you know, play at least two years up, play the same local competition. If you are still one of the very best players playing a couple years up, then awesome, more power to you. Now you go ahead and go out of state. And by out of state, uh, go to bordering states. Expand that bubble a little bit. All right, now let's see how you do playing a couple (laughs) years up. All right, let's say you have great success there. You're doing a really good job, having a lot of fun, competing, winning games, doing well. Awesome. Now go ahead and expand that bubble outside of the bordering states and now make it more regional. And then from regional, then you go to national, right? That's definitely the steps that I've taken too. Liv is on the same uh, path also. So sorry yep. to interrupt you, Pops, but that's the exact path that I've taken. Yeah. So. That, so I, you know, give that information only because, again, whether, whether you're a teenager listening or whether you're a parent, um, whether you've already been through this journey and you're just laughing right now because you know exactly what that process is like is is just know that the confidence comes from the work okay so if you've had all these experiences you've had these trials and tribulations just know that's where the confidence comes from right and so that's why you got to go through it and you have to be fair and you have to be willing to evaluate yourself on a you know maybe a 5 game sample 10 game sample size uh, and just please know the journey's never a straight road. Um, but you know, stay the course, 
and you'll only be a better person. Notice I didn't say anything about basketball. You'll be a better person for it. So mm-hmm. uh, please take that advice. Do with it what you wish. But I know that if I could turn around and go back seven, eight years ago, that's exactly what I would have told myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Pops, I have a question for you since you've been, ask- been asking me the questions. Um, what is something since uh, he's coached at all levels, youth, AAU, uh, junior college, um, high school, obviously. And so what is something that in watching these games, uh, obviously there was live streams this weekend you were able to watch. What is something that you look for in a player if you were to recruit them to play for you? What is something or a couple things that you would look for in the player? Yep. I want to see how they, first off, thank you for the question. Uh-huh. I want to see how they impact winning. I want to see how they impact uh, their team. Um, everyone just thinks it's all about scoring points. Everyone always thinks it's just about the flash. Um, I want to see when you're up by eight points. I want to see you still playing as difficult, hard-nosed defense as possible. I want to see you being one of the first to the floor. Uh, in between free throws, I want to see you talking to your teammates um, I want to see people that can make the people around them better, right? Which then kind of ties into body language. Um, <laughs> I want to know, right? And again, this is just, you asked me. Yeah. So, you know, recruiting to play for me, you know, hey, that's nothing compared to the college coaches that are, are watching you play that are essentially with the college scholarship, they're giving you over $400,000, right? As, you know, I want to know that this is important to you. And I want to know that you're willing to do whatever you can um, to showcase who you are. And I also want to know that I want to have that player that's trying to change their lives, that will literally do whatever it takes. And if you're willing to do whatever it takes, then there's nothing on that floor that you're not willing to do. And if you're doing that, rest assured, whether you score two points on seven shots or you score, you know, eight points on 17 shots. I just want to know that this means everything to you because to me, this whole experience of AAU, uh, specifically, you know, obviously with basketball is you're learning habits. I want the biggest and strongest competitor. And I also want the person that uh, just truly cares about their team winning because the older you get, the more you find yourself in roles and those roles, the older you get, the more refined they become. So I want to know that you're learning these habits and that game 50 doesn't look like the same at game 150 of your life that doesn't look the same as game 300. This is a process. It's a maturation process and you should be developing. So body language and how you impact winning. It's the little things that you can't see when your dad or mom are filming you for also the same things that you see on Instagram, which I know is a catch-22 because you and your sister... (laughs) are pretty prominent on social media, but it's all the little things that you don't see and you can't keep track of with regular stats. Yeah, definitely. You can see those in um, a lot in college basketball as well as they're trying to get to the pro level. So that's what I think. That's on a whole different topic of conversation, but I like watching college basketball a lot because of that. But thank you for answering that, Pops. Yeah. Do you have anything else too? No, just watching those games, uh, streaming them. Sometimes they were starting at about 8.30 my time, 9 o'clock. Sometimes they were starting <laughs> 5 at 5 a.m. my time. But uh, <laughs> either way, I wouldn't miss it in the world. And I can just say from this side, you had a lot. You have a lot of support, Tati. And uh, uh, I totally understand why. 
um, just because of the type of person you are, um, that I know that there's a lot of people that genuinely care about you. And uh, that's a true blessing. And we're forever grateful for that. Uh, because if it wasn't for everyone's support, uh, whether it's a, a a like, whether it's just a listening to this podcast, it all matters. And uh, I can promise you that Tati feels the love. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you to everybody for their, their support. I know a lot of you guys watched me this weekend as well, at least a little bit. So I really appreciate that. And then as well as my family watching at all five of my games, no matter what time it was at. Literally woke up at 4.50 a.m. to watch my game and then went back to sleep after that. I was trying to, I was calling them after the game, actually. This is the 8 a.m. game, my time, 5 a.m. their time. I was calling them and they sounded all so tired. And I, this is V. I forgot that there's a three-hour time difference, realizing then that it was only like, what, 6 a.m. your guys' time? And so they're all, it sounds like they're all still sleeping. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are still sleeping. You guys went all try, are trying to go back to sleep and I'm over here calling you. But I just think it's awesome that um, how supportive and how much my parents um, and my sisters live woke up for that game too. So how supportive um, they are and how much they wouldn't miss a game. Yeah, I mean, I guess Liv really loves you because if anyone truly knows us personally, Liv isn't the easiest to wake up. So <laughs> no, I'm not Liv, sure what was going on there. But she I has know. been doing better. I know that's a big thing in our house. Yeah, no, Liv's killing it right now, uh, waking up on time. She was actually up before me technically today, so she rubbed that one in my face. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, all your guys' support is greatly appreciated, um, and I think we've come a long way on this journey, uh, especially with the podcast as well. When we first started the podcast, it was Pops and I, what, about three years ago now on my birthday? Three. This year would probably be three years, actually. Yeah. This year will be three years, so pretty crazy, actually. That's yeah. a long time ago, yeah. it feels like. Can I tell them something kind of funny? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so we're 121 now? Yeah, episode right. 121. I should say you are. <laughs> I, I remember a time period when it was like, all right, Tati, you and I have done this. Is I think at that time it was called Daughter and Pops, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Way back in the day. And I so think that I, was episode like 75-ish, somewhere and, around And there. I told Tati one time when we finished the podcast, like, listen, I love you, but this was not about you and I doing this together. This is about you kind of branching off and like kind of spreading your wings a little bit and, and growing up and doing your own thing. I said, so I'm not going to be on the podcast anymore. Because not that I didn't want to be on the podcast. It's just I wanted her. I kind of was starting to get the feeling like she didn't want to do the podcast with anybody else. And so I was like, man, go out there and get some guests. And <laughs> and now here she is. She has like literally several guests lined up in advance. And that's the whole point of this. So again, thank you. Uh, as, as Tati's father, just uh, listening in, um, She's. I feel like she's definitely gotten a lot better at her podcast and hosting and definitely asking a way better questions. <laughs> uh, but more than anything, she just. I know how much confidence she has. Is this is starting to grow, um, and I don't see any reason why it's not going to grow um, for a really, really long time. So just much appreciated, and uh, you guys are all the best. Doesn't matter what city you're in, what country you're in, what state you're in. We know all the support, and uh, it's nothing but love on this end. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Pops. That was definitely true. And I probably started crying after Pops said he didn't want to be on it anymore, <laughs> knowing me. But uh, I think it's awesome because if Pops didn't do that, I definitely wouldn't have guests on now. And who knows if I would even be doing the podcast still. So. Well, you'd still be doing the podcast. Well, yeah. 
I would, but you'd be on it every time, and then <laughs> we'd probably find... Well, I don't know. It would be different, that's for sure. Um, if there's any parents listening, you already know. You know how this all goes, so... Uh, no, you're doing a great job, you know? Give yourself a little bit of credit. You're doing a... Yeah. You should give yourself a lot yeah. of credit. And everything happens for a reason, too. I know on um, a previous podcast, because the only... The biggest reason why... We started this was because it was in the middle of pandemic. I was injured and had nothing else to do. Started this and look what came out of it. So Wait a second. You were injured? I know that a lot of times people think that all this stuff that gets posted on you and Olivia's pages that we tell everything to everybody. Is that that's not true? We don't share everything? <laughs> no, we do not share everything. There's actually way more behind the scenes than there is on social media. So there's definitely a lot. <laughs> good and bad so, so as far as improvement because there's still a couple sessions left right like are you telling the whole world what you're working on to improve oh no you can't tell the whole world because then everybody knows that's the whole point not everybody's supposed to know but um because a lot of people want to know too yeah don't they? everybody always wants to know everything about anything and everything on our lives is what it seems like sometimes um but you definitely don't tell the world what you're improving on that's Part of the reason why I don't always train, uh, post like my training videos also is because that stuff is I uh, secretive because I mean that's what we're working on to improve and be better at. So, what's it like walking around and seeing someone that you know is really paying really close attention to your journey, and uh, to know that they know that you know that you know what they're talking about? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I'd- I think I know what you're talking about. I kind of confused myself there. Yeah, you said you know a couple times there. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get older. Oh my goodness. Nothing, not much changes when you get older. But you know, I did learn that if you put hot tea into your cornflakes, that you become smarter. Oh my gosh. MT, I'm sure you're probably listening to this right now and Pops had to shout you out with that one. Uh, I probably would still not try that, but I was honestly surprised Pop, you did try that, Pops. So I was just going to refer back to where you asked me a question. I told you that I'd like my players to do what anything and everything to, to, to make it to the next level. Yeah. If, if it means putting hot tea in some cornflakes, if, if that's what it's going to take, then that's what it's going to take. <laughs> oh, man. If it means going into a haunted house that you didn't want to go into, then that's what it takes. Dude, I was that was insane. I can't believe I did that. I have one of like the biggest scary cats about uh, ghosts and stuff like that too. So I'm shocked I did that. And so yeah, I mean, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> when you got a live stream at 5 a.m. and you got friends knocking on the door to come in to watch the game, like it doesn't really get a whole lot better than that. Oh my gosh, I still can't believe you guys were up at 5 a.m. and having people over, dude. They had whole on watch parties on every single game here at home. I'd call them after the game and they'd be having a whole party. <laughs> you loved it though. No, it was awesome. The support I could feel it all the way on the opposite coast. So, yeah. Very good. Well. Appreciate uh, your time and listening to this. And actually, I was talking to Tati. I appreciate her time in this too. So thanks for letting me be on. And, you know, hopefully I can come back on after you've had another 25 guests. <laughs> yeah, Pops, thank you for coming back on. I always love it when he's able to come on. Um, obviously, we're really close close and everything. He knows um, a lot about me. So him being able to ask me questions, he always asks, like, the best questions. So um, I learned from him. So thank you, Dad. So that's all I had for we that's all we had for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning in and I appreciate all of your guys' support. 
So that goes ahead and wraps up episode 121 of the Tatiana Harness Podcast.